You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 174, side A. God, we've done this 174 times? More than that. Oh my God. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we're going to scream about I Care A Lot. A mm. lot. Didn't even and have a fucking song in it. <laughs> we mm. will uh, talk about pop culture, stuff that we happen to watch, read, listen to, etc., etc. We're going to talk a little bit about Florida, and who we are is, my name is Farting Wolf. And I am joined by Sleepy Weasel. That's me. I'm and, already tired. And Amorous Rabbit. Let's make like bunnies. I would say Rob is not really much like a rabbit at all, but it just went with the last name. Uh, we are going to talk about some stuff. You don't know that. This week. I, I know we're going to... asleep. He's the one's always asleep. <laughs> I sleep at normal hours. For a grandfather. I am fearful of sleeping because I know Rob will sneak into my room and have his way with me. It's true. So I haven't slept since uh, 2005 after I saw this wonderful Crow movie that we're going to talk about eventually. But anyway, we are this week, this tonight, today, we are going to talk about Tom and Jerry, the movie. We're going to talk about the aforementioned uh, I Care A Lot, and I did not put anything down about it, but I think we are, are we talking about Superman or are we just... We can we can go over brief. I mean, we don't have to we don't have to go too in depth into it. Um, just to give people an overview, because I mean, so far there's only been like one episode. But yeah, if you're, if you're episode, wondering what it's about, we'll talk about it briefly. Yeah, it's a Superman it. and Lois new show from the. I think they still call it the Arrowverse. We're gonna. I think they still call it the Arrowverse, but that's uh, what it is from. And we are going to tell you if you should watch it or not. If it's worth the time. Or not. And, but we won't spoil that one, unlike we might spoil other things, Rob. Because this is a review show, and we have a tendency to spoil some shit. Especially Greg. Greg spoils a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know. The air around him. Yes. And sour cream. Actually, the, uh, the that's weird that you say that. Like sour cream. That's weird that you say that because the other day my wife bought sour cream and she had left it out on the counter and I saved the sour cream from being spoiled because I found it behind two packages of couscous in a bag. Greg, the savior of sour cream. Yep. There you go. <laughs> but Wrong, if we are talking Rob. about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you might want to come back later. Absolutely. So we usually start off this whole shindig with some news. You have a lot of news, so I do. Yeah. I well, I don't. I want to know about the first one. Yes, I, I, I have a lot to say about a little bit of news. I guess so. Uh, kind of in a weird coincidence, I don't believe 
we're getting close to Alien Day, but there's been some news related to the Alien universe. Uh, that first, there's a new comic from Marvel written by... <laughs> I totally thought you were going to talk about the Mars rover, and I got all excited. <laughs> For the alien I was like, there's was, alien uh, news? I want to hear this shit. Rob Let's do just, it. Uh, Rob just saw that I wrote alien news and didn't bother to read past that. No. Uh, no. I thought that and was a different ha- entry. There has been alien news about like UFOs flying over uh, airplanes and stuff, but no one's paying attention to it. So either way, comic alien news. Just as yeah. good. So, All right, let's do it. From Marvel, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson of Empire Captain America fame and art by Salvador La Roca, Dr. Doom, coming out March 24th. I would encourage you all to start a subscription at your local comic book store if you are interested. But a new comic series starring a new hero into the alien universe is going to be uh, a thrilling addition to the incredible legacy that began with the groundbreaking 1979 film featuring both new and classic characters from Earth and beyond. Bold new take on the alien mythology will entertain both longtime fans and newcomers to the legendary horror science fiction genre. Alien number one premieres on March 24th. The art looks really cool. You can check it out. There's even a fun little Marvel trailer for it. Um, so the real quick, these yeah, I guess Alien is owned by Disney, which owns Marvel, so it's like legit. Yep. Uh, Salvador Laraca had a really cool cartoony style back in the day, and then if I remember correctly, he started doing the photo tracing thing, mm-hmm. where he would where his whole style changed and became a lot less, I guess, lifelike, and uh, it didn't move as well. Uh, do you know which one it looks like? Because you, you actually saw it. I was I don't want to search because it tends to mess up my computer. But mm, that's hard to say. It looks uh, from from your description would be the uh, the prior. Um, very almost like a more old school alien versus predator vibe. If you remember that, so not not quite as lifelike, but not not Ducktales, you know. So woo, yeah, definitely really looking forward to that. And in some awesome other Alien news, Alien Fire Team, a co-op survival shooter, is coming out on Steam and Xbox and PlayStation this summer. So uh, you know, just a few months here, we're gonna have a new Alien game that seeks to. Uh, erase the memory left by Colonial Marines. The game is a, you know, just, I think, solely co-op. It features four campaigns with three main missions, each that can have variable aspects, uh, including something called challenge cards, uh, but difficulty effects. So if you are a fan of Alien, if you are a fan of Gears of War, and if you are a fan of Left for Dead, then you might be excited about this one. It has all the claustrophobia, I would say, of the movie Aliens uh, with the Colonial Marines in there. So look for Hicks and uh, 
maybe a couple of other uh, character skins in there from your favorite characters from Aliens. Uh, what was what the the woman's name? It's not it's not Rodriguez, is it? Vasquez. Vasquez. That's what it is. Yeah, I'd love to see them in there. It's not now, confirmed yet, but do do you know do you know whether or not it's uh, first or third person? It's third. It's third person. Okay, yes, and I've... it sounds. I mean, it sounds like it's it's going to be your standard. Uh, well. I mean, based on what we have here, it sound uh, uh, being a survival shooter is is it sounds like that's like replayable boards that they just send waves and waves and waves of monsters at you till you die. Is that how that works? That's what it looks like. So that doesn't have a very high replayability, though. Right, and I agree. Those kind of games don't. I don't have any kind of. I don't feel like playing Left 4 Dead anymore. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully through DLC, maybe, or or hopefully the game just stands up, you know, on its own. So hmm. uh, we'll have to see. You can watch some alpha video right now, uh, and we will see what the future holds for this game. Now, speaking of that, I'll I'll tie into that because I do have a little bit of news as well. Um, I, I recently came across another game that I that had kind of escaped my radar. Uh, they were they were demoing it. It had like a ten hour demo or something, and I believe it's done by Square Enix, which is a company that I love. But the game is called Outriders. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it. It is a third person shooter. So it again, it's something I can play, which is awesome. But it supposedly combines the gameplay of Destiny, um, Division, and Gears of War. So it, it it's like a combination of those three, which is kind of interesting. Um, I'm curious to see how well they how well they pull it off. Um, right now, I think it's I, I saw it only had like a rating of three point nine. Um, I didn't really get too depth into the, into the reviews to find out, you know, what the people's problems with it were. If it was bugs, I mean, that's something that could certainly be fixed. It's slated for release, uh, April 1st. So if, if you're, and it is a co-op game. So if you're, if you're into that style of game, uh, shoot and cover kind of stuff, uh, you might want to check that out when it comes out. Sweet. And also in gaming news. Did you see that Epic is buying Mediatonic? I don't know what Mediatonic has done. Mediatonic is the creator of the game that was a hit during the pandemic quarantine, Fall Guys. Ah, Fall Guys. Mm. Uh, Epic, uh, that's Epic, of course, being the creators of Fortnite. Yep. Turning into the... the, the Fortnite. Fall Night. Fall Night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I I'm not a huge fan of Epic buying things up. I don't like their model. I don't like what they've done with Rocket League. They bought up Rocket League. Um, not a huge fan. Yeah. Seems to be so, what Epic's doing now. Yeah. Giving EA a run for their money. Yeah. Ugh. Boo. Uh, speaking of gaming, something that would have normally escaped my view because I normally don't care about that kind of stuff. But uh, our some people in our chat room get into Dungeons and Dragons. I think Rob is, has had a Dungeons and Dragons past. You have had a Dungeons and Dragons past, correct? Um, I never really played the game. I played the game uh, once and thought it was stupid as crap because we okay. spent here. 
We spent three hours making a character only to have our dungeon master kill us in like 10 minutes. And then I was like, F this, man. I, this is... Sadistic F- dungeon master. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. This is lame. <laughs> okay, so either way, there is... Uh, I never really got into it myself, but I know some of our listeners do. Uh, they, I did see a news story, the Dungeons & Dragons movie. There was one in the past about 20 years ago, uh, which sucked hard. Had and Merlin Wayne's in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Way too... They didn't take it seriously enough, and the casting was terrible and all that. Uh, I wanted they to are, like it. I was actually excited about that. You know, when I, That was our blockbuster era, so when we got a chance to watch it before it came on video, I was so excited to watch it, and I was like, this was terrible. Uh, <laughs> wanted to watch it and be like, oh, you know what, I'm watching it. I wanted to like it, and I'm like, well, it's not that bad it, it was it was bad it wasn't good i vaguely remember something involving like a castle tower i don't i don't i like blocked some sort it out. of camera shot from that's all i remember anyway the um thing that i that is uh coming out here they did start announcing some casting for this movie and uh hugh grant is joining the dungeons and dragons movie as the villain ah so yeah. So uh, unsure. Yeah. So wait, who's the villain? Uh, Hugh Grant will be playing the villain. Oh, maybe the voice, maybe the voice of the villain or the villain. It depends if the villain's like a giant, like angry knight dude or something. It might not be actually him. Uh, they are also looking at Chris Pine as the potential lead. Now, okay. something. The other things that we know about this is that it is um, being created or direct, I guess directed, written, whatever by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Um, they wrote the movie Game Night, which which all of us liked. Mm-hmm. And they also wrote <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Both of those movies had um, some pretty substantial twists in it. And I kind of hope they do it as a straightforward movie and not try to twists? go... And not try to go the... Um, you're seeing the game that someone is playing in their basement kind of route. Like, you know, there's a lot of movies that do, which actually could be a future question as well movies where you're actually watching someone tell a story like uh princess bride for example um how i met your mother yeah how i met your mother there's, there's a lot of those um and i'm kind of hoping they don't go that route even like the lego movie to some extent you're you're watching what the kid is playing but mm-hmm. um man spoiler 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 uh so we'll see what happens i'm if it looks good and they take it seriously enough but not too seriously it could be good. I'll believe it when I see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a little bit of Catherine Hahn news, which is not actually news. I just have to say she's awesome. And I love her. And if you like Catherine Hahn from WandaVision, uh, there was an awesome interview with her where she talks about her love of watching Airwolf on Fridays. Nice. And what's funny is she's like, oh, yeah, I used to get together with my parents. We would watch Airwolf and Knight Rider on Friday nights. And do you guys remember Airwolf? I'm like, who doesn't remember Airwolf? <laughs> And like that age Kids. group, our age group. Yeah. So the either way. Uncultured. Heathens. Yeah. So that's what I got. I'm sure there's probably a little bit more news somewhere. Somewhere south? Yeah. Uh, somewhere warm. Subtropical? Somewhere, maybe where they wrestle gators. Somewhere 
Somewhere where my mouse stopped working because Jimmy was angry at clicking noises. And I, probably, and I couldn't get my mouse to start again. Yes, Jimmy scared your mouse. Do you need to just click your mouse to keep it alive? Because you were just clicking and highlighting shit in the notes. I was making. I was making sure I didn't go over stuff. Anyway, I want to talk to you about a lovely state in which we live in, and I love this uh, this dude. Well, WTF, I Greg. I know. Uh, I'm going to talk about Dennis Dean. Dennis Dean is a cool man. God, that he, sounds like a like a movie star name. He does. He does. He's like he should be wearing a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Dennis Dean is an 83 year old Californian drifter. Mm. 83 who, and still a drifter. Yep. Mm. And uh, he is these. He is no longer going to drift in the villages. The Florida community that takes over that is. Encompasses three counties, which I didn't realize. Dennis Dean was living in a van in the villages, and he was a subdivision. So did I. It's huge. That's what she said. Yes, but and they might have said it to Dennis Dean because what he does, he cruises various community pools in the villages, looking for well-off older women who might provide him with a cushy lifestyle. He's still crashing in his van. And working on his pickup system, picking up old ladies, but he's just not in the villages anymore because he got because he got kicked out. Uh, Apparently, the villages does frown on non-residents camping in their vehicles, but because it's over three counties, he would just wait for deputies to tell him to move from one neighborhood. He would go to one in the next county, and then when they moved him from that, he would go to the next county, so on and so forth. But he said they finally figured out what I was doing, or they finally caught up with me. This is actual quote. I don't want to change it. Dean said recently, you have to get a gas pass to go to the pools and the rec centers. And I was getting guest passes from all kinds of women and buddies. They finally looked in the computer and said, that's it. I'm flagged. So he now drove north to the Ocala area. So he's still a Florida man. Uh, he said the people there are much nicer. And he has several women helping him out for free with a t-shirt business and printing his emails. I don't know why he needs help printing his emails. but <laughs> Who the hell prints their emails? <laughs> what? People on fucking cold case files do yeah 83 year old uh californian drifters that are hanging out in florida and like hooking up with old women uh he does not consider himself homeless though he is not a homeless man i just want to be very clear he wants you to know this i've got a van it has a refrigerator in it but i do have some coffee in the morning with some homeless guys so he's friends with homeless people but he does have his own van and his own refrigerator which is i think the base level of not being homeless van and refrigerator where does he pee what does he plug the refrigerator into? True, true. Now, you would think that this is the most ridiculous aspect of this, but I, I will go on. Oh, do go on. So there is a movie, like I said, Some Kind of Heaven. It features him as one of the stories. Uh, he saw the movie with a large audience, and while he was there, people, of course, recognized him. And a couple that he met started buying him beers at the bar. They wanted to get in on the action, Dean said. He then stood on the sidewalk out front greeting people when it ended. He's hoping the attention that he got is going to help him produce a rock-themed reality TV show for the internet. And this is going to be a rock and roll theme uh, show where women tell stories about their sex lives filmed at hot rod car shows. Living the dream, Dennis Dean. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right. Gary Busey's kid had a house called the Sausage party or whatever the hell sausage castle here in florida so 
Why not? 83-year-old dude living in a van asking old ladies to talk about their sex lives in front at, of... At hot, it, at hot rod shows. Which is, if you've ever... I've actually been to a hot rod show, and it's just people revving their engines randomly. So, like, nothing it's interesting is going to happen. Old people. Yeah. So, well, if you want to hear about... Yeah. Hmm. No. No. <laughs> Subscribing now. He didn't even say the name of his show. It's because he doesn't have one yet. He's no. hoping to. He's hoping to have somebody fund oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. His his loss, man. He could have gotten that free. Uh, I guess uh, marketing from us. I'm gonna steal his idea. Beat <laughs> <laughs> an 83 year old man to his joke or which, to his story. He didn't say which he's which idea he's gonna steal. All of a sudden, he's gonna be like, "Dude, I moved into my van." Yeah, I don't think that's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> okay, so we got some stuff here. I think we're going to finish off with I Care A Lot because that's the thing that's going to be the most angry and get the most of you guys out there to get all the way to the end of this show. But uh, let's uh, let, do a little bit of Superman, maybe? All right. We can talk a little bit about it. So I was surprised when I came across this new TV show called Superman and Lois. Um, and like I said, we're not going to go too deep into this just because there's only been one pilot episode that we've seen so far. I'm not even sure when it airs, but I know it's on cable. It's on the CW. And I was I was surprised when I saw that it stars uh, Bitsy Tulloch as Lois Lane, who, if any of you remember the TV show Grimm, about the uh, fairy tales, <laughs> she, was, she was Nick's girlfriend, in that. So I recognized her. The the guy who plays Superman looks familiar, but I don't I don't really remember him from anything. But basically the story is is it's Superman and Lois after they've gotten married and lived together and had some kids. And I always uh, thought that Superman and Lois couldn't have no kids because he would kill her if he tried to impregnate her. So he, he um He okay. was on another life, which we talked about. And he played Superman in all of the, if you watch any of the other CW superhero shows. So oh, he's really? Been in, he's been in Legends of Tomorrow. He's been in The Flash, Batwoman, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, he, is okay. the, he is the voice of Sephiroth in the new uh, fantasy, Final Fantasy remake. Hmm. All right. Apparently, he was also fairly popular in Teen Wolf, I believe, for people that are not us. And as my wife said, he was the kid from Road to Perdition that she knew was going to grow up to be hot. No. <laughs> All right. No crap. So he was the kid from Road to Perdition. I can't watch it with her. <laughs> I did not realize that he was that kid, but I remember that movie fairly well. You're welcome. Yeah. He, so, did, grow up to, he did grow up to be hot. She's not wrong. He's a good looking man. Mm-hmm. Really handsome Clark Kent. And uh, I think that helps. I mean, I've I've never seen any of the other CW shows with him on it, so I don't really have a, a baseline for his Clark Kent. But as, as far as his portrayal, I think he's very affable. I think he's uh, that kind of down homey, you know, Clark Kent kind of character. He's convincing is, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, I think he does really well. This has a lot of a much different feel than the other CW shows, I think. The yeah, others, very, it, very high budget. 
It does actually. You're you're and it and it doesn't have the 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 young adult feel to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's partially it. Like the CD, the other series shows definitely seem more like this relationship is going to be the biggest story of the season or that relationship. Like it seems a little more swashbuckling and young, like you said. Yeah. That kind of teenage relationship kind of thing is a, is a very small part of this. So if that's what, you know, CW is really known for, they really kind of pushed it down. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's a, there's a bigger element of the, the superhero happening there, even though they've, they've taken kind of some liberties with the story. I think it's very intriguing. Uh, yeah. He's got Lois and Clark have teenage sons who, you know, we're just now discovering, do they have powers? You know, I, they're starting to become aware of things while they're also starting to become aware of their, you know, lives as young adults. And, mm-hmm. but, uh, Superman's still flying around doing his thing and the, the budget, the, the effects look incredible. Well, yeah. and, and one of the, one of the key points is that Superman has decided to, or Clark has decided to keep his identity secret from his kids and his kids don't know who he is. His kids don't know, you know, if they have powers, they don't know their dad has powers or whatever. And it's, it's all kind of dealing with that. And and then, of course, dealing with the family strife that comes. Spoiler alert. Can I say it? Yeah. His, uh, it, Martha. <laughs> Your mom's name is Martha, too? Martha dies. And they're called back to Smallville to help take care of the farm. And they find out that the community that Clark grew up in is really struggling. The, the small town America is kind of disappearing underneath the heel of the corporate monsters, basically. <laughs> Ed. Well, a few things. One, I tried that trick with trying to convince my child that I was, in fact, Superman. And he punched me in the stomach and said, see, you're not, as I... <laughs> as I, as you're I a liar, over, daddy. As I bent over in pain. Uh, he's getting good at that one punch. Uh, so that's one thing. Two, yeah, it definitely approaches it from more of the adult standpoint. It, it shows, like, small town problems. It, sh- it shows layoff problems, like Superman problems. Yeah. And it's, it's stuff that is actually, you know, it's, it's definitely approaching it from, you know, our view as older than teenage people, which Mm -hmm. I, which I like, you know, looking at, you know, the, you know, even the, the big kind of set piece in this thing, which is um, a big bonfire type kid party. You see a little bit of that, but mostly you see the parents reaction to what is happening at that when like a fire Mm -hmm. breaks out. Yeah. And the kids uh, are not little shitheads. They're yeah. well-raised, um, well-acted. One of them might be a little emo. Kids with their own problems. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I dig it, man. I'm I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the show. I'm really, there's really nothing on TV I watch right now, aside from WandaVision that, you know, I'm in. I was, I'm yeah, in. it's like, I don't know what day it's on either. Tuesdays. Because I on Tuesdays okay oh We're so there's probably a new episode out though yes okay I'll have to check that out that's weird because I, I checked last night and I didn't see it hmm. well, oh, okay. well if you checked last night it probably wouldn't be on until today yeah it usually takes like 24 hours check it out my recommendation get the CW app 
which is free for any device that you are uh, viewing on, and you can watch it for free. Word. I definitely recommend checking it out. If, if it if it sounds like, if for nothing else, it's it's a little bit different than what your normal Superman story involves. Now, I I have no illusions that we're not going to end up with you know gratuitous Superman action. Um, whether it be in the form of Clark or his sons. But I think, I think there will be some superhero-ness involved and we'll probably get, you know, our Superman fixes. But it, so far, it's a decent start to a show and I'll, I'll, I'm excited to see where it'll go. Yeah, with uh, also starring uh, somebody we will uh, be talking about outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just mention it right now. We are going to be talking about a terrible Crow movie, Crow 4, which I did not know existed and kind of wish I still didn't know existed. And in that movie is Emmanuel Trichy, who is also in this. And you might remember her from, she's been in a bunch of stuff, but she was um, Sloan in uh, Entourage, which was kind of her big breakout role. She's been in a lot of other terrible things. And for someone that looks like she does, uh, she might want to fire her agent. Because like she was in like, Don't Mess With the Zohan. As her other big thing, mm-hmm. and of course, Crow Four. Um, uh, in Wrong Turn. Oh yeah, she been yeah. She has a, a very weird career path. For uh, the other little thing about this, uh, it, you know, I think that bringing it to the small town world would have been a mistake if there haven't already been like three hundred other superhero shows. Because you'd be like, man, I really want to see Superman flying around the buildings and doing this and that and whatever. But we've now seen that a million times. So being able to tell these other stories in small town America is well, is, is intriguing. But they also run the risk of becoming too much like Smallville. Yeah. So they'll they'll have to walk a fine line. But we're running I, I, in, running into that problem with why are all of these people why are all these supervillains interested in this one small town of a yeah. thousand people? Okay. But we'll see. I'm going to talk a little bit about Tom and Jerry. Okay. Tom and Jerry. Now, when these movies start coming out on HBO Max, I, you know, they're all, these movies are all slated for big movie releases, and some of them are still coming out in the theaters. Uh, King Kong yeah, Godzilla. Yep. Isn't I this just, one I, on Max now? It is on Max now for like for yeah. a month, and it's in the theaters now. Um, it is... So it's in theaters and HBO Max, uh, directed by Tim Story. He didn't write the story, though. See what I did mm. there? That was it written by... Good it wasn't job. supposed to be. It, wasn't, it was written by Kevin Costello. He would have made it funny. Based on characters by William Who's Hanna and Joseph Barbera. <laughs> I just had that same conversation, oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, starring Chloe Grace, Chloe Grace Moretz. Michael Pena, Rob Delaney, Colin Jost, and Pallavi Sharda, as well, as well as several cameos. Did you say uh, Sharda? I did say Sharda. I knew you were going to do something about that. <laughs> I knew. That is her actual last name. But with a D, not a T. But with a D. It would yes. be far worse if it was with a T. It would be. She would have probably changed it before starting to start in American films. Uh Adaptation of the classic Hanna-Barbera property, which reveals how Tom and Jerry first meet and form their rivalry. That's another one of those synopses that is not really true. It does show them meet, but it's not like this big 
they have a lifelong hate of each other because of one moment type thing. It's not that. Uh, it is a basically an opportunity for some cat versus mouse slapstick comedy where they're either trying to kill each other or flick each other or hit each other, or drop things on each other, et cetera, et cetera, with a little bit of story. And uh, characters, like the human characters, that aren't too over the top, which I like because you see a lot of those where, like, you know, the the manager character is really stupid and so ungodly stupid that he wouldn't be able to put his shoes on in the morning. And the villain character is just evil because he just hates the girl character. Like there's none, there's none of that. They all have reasons for doing stuff, which I liked. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was not an offensive movie, any way, shape or form. It just was, it was an enjoyable movie. And if it, if anything, it promotes violence against cats. Not even that. Like there's, I can't, like I was hoping for a little bit of like, if nothing else, like a cat shaped hole for, there was one cat shaped hole fought like from falling through something, but most of it was like the cat, uh, Tom was like a piano player. And every time Jerry was like messing up his songs by walking on the keyboard, he would like flick Jerry off the, the thing, that kind of stuff. That sounds really boring. I'm trying to think of the, where there might've been some other, there was, you know, there's some, some good comedic bits. So, um, the, the comedy kind of more comes in with, um, so the basic story is Colin Jost is a either celebrity or influencer, and he's about to get married. This hotel is going to handle the wedding, and it's going to be a big deal for the hotel. Jerry has decided to move into the hotel, which, of course, if a mouse shows up at the wedding, bad things happen. Um, also, the couple has a giant slobbery bulldog, which is that cartoon bulldog you always saw in the Tom and Jerry. Um, was, I don't think his name was Spike, was it? Probably. I think every dog was yes. Spike. Yeah. Yes, okay, the so, big slobbery bulldog, I believe, was Spike. Okay, so, you know, that's their dog, and of course the dog wants to chase the cat and the mouse, so on and so forth, and it destroys the wedding. Um, so there's a, And there's some backstory as, as to this stuff. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is actually the main character. She gets this job at the hotel as, like, temporary help for this big wedding. It turns out that she lied on her resume, which is part of the story, and everything gets screwed up. But it gets screwed up because she sort of jumps over Michael Pena's character to this promo, this kind of promotion thing. Um, and then of course it culminates in everyone feeling good, hugging, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, but my kid, my kid enjoyed it. We watched it outside with some of his friends. We've been kind of projecting stuff on the wall or on a project on a screen out near my house. So we can be outside and still watch movies. Um, you know, I liked that they just, they didn't really say anything about the fact that these animals were cartoons. They just, were so like every animal in the whole thing is a cartoon from the peacocks in the wedding the giant slobbery yeah. bulldog uh, yeah better so, that than they try and turn cg and do a bad job at it yeah so it's like hand drawn like uh, roger rabbit style which is cool which i really like yeah that, that, um, like, that is a nice mixture yeah yeah and it it is spike by the way but he was also occasionally called butch or killer that's a lot of drooling bulldogs uh it does get a little bit slow at the kind of point where a lot of these kid movies get a little slow where, you know, the bad thing happens to the main character. Everything becomes less hijinks and more, oh, crap, I screwed up. I fixed this stuff. Um, it definitely did need more cat versus mouse type situations. But, you know, for something, my, and I guess the important part is my kid liked it. Uh, there was nothing that I would say, I mean, not that it really would be offensive anyway, but. I think in some ways they toned down some of the crazy violence, but then again, I don't, I never watched Tom and Jerry, but I'm 
constantly getting them confused with itchy and scratchy from Simpsons, where it was like, where it was like hyper violent. So like, I don't remember if Tom and Jerry actually like use chainsaws and stuff, or if it was just like, you know, I don't think uh, so. Like Roadrunner mallet style. Yeah. Like I remember the mallet, like the wood mallet that was all like kind of flattened on one end and stuff like that. But I don't know how violent it actually got. But. So you you said you didn't really watch the old Tom and Jerry cartoons. Um, have you ever seen any of them? Yeah, I have. Uh, my kid watches them. Like do you, my kid and his friends love Tom and Jerry, and I don't know how they know about it or anything. Do you do you or did you prefer the ones where Tom and Jerry were enemies or friends? Because they did have some distinctive uh, episodes where they were very cooperative and working together and they were friendly towards each other. And I, I mean, there was almost, there, there was several episodes where it almost seemed like, you know, they were roommates. And I remember that. Like, I remember a lot of those where, where Jerry would like do the thing where his eyes get all like feminine and like, you kind of like, and like, I, I remember those like where he was like friendly with Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'd have to go with the, the Tom versus Jerry. You preferred Tom versus Jerry? I did. You? I always preferred Tom, Tom and Jerry, the huh? the friendly episodes where they work together. Jimmy, do you have an opinion? Are you I, no? I preferred the ones where they um they fought. Gotcha. Uh, the one thing I was worried about with this movie, the one thing I was worried about with this movie was: are they going to do a thing where they try to explain everything? You know, I was thinking about like characters there that they can kind of stick in any situation. Yeah. You know, like Mario, every video game has a Mario. Is, is he a tennis pro? Is he a mushroom stomping dude? Is he fighting a giant gorilla? You know, like he's just a blank character that you can do anything with. Mickey mouse is kind of like that. Um, and Tom and Jerry are kind of like that. Sometimes they're a cat and a mouse, like in an alley. Sometimes they're in a house. Sometimes they're working at a hotel and, and <laughs> a cat and a mouse sometimes in a house. Yeah, Sometimes so, with a grouse. Yeah. Sometimes covered in a louse or something. I don't know. I'm not, I'm only a poet when I don't know it. So it's fun. If you got kids. All right there. And you have HBO Max. Master Marcus. Wiki, wiki, wiki. You were hearing stuff in the background. That is my child's karate class. He is doing weapons training in the other room. Probably uh, yeah. he's going to stab me with his sigh. And tell me that I am in fact still not Superman as I bleed out on the on, on, on the uh, kitchen on the kitchen floor. Daddy, I thought you were Superman. Uh-huh. You said you were. Okay, hold this my isn't phone. My fault. Hold my phone up to my face so it opens, and then dial nine one one. So it like it's a flip phone. Well, it's got a you know the FaceTime thing. Anyway, let's let's finish up here with. Our controversial pick, I think, right? Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I care a lot. They don't. Spoiler. Glad you do. Release date, February 19th of 2021. Director Jay Blakeson and writer. Starring Rosamund Pike, who just won, as you put on here. Uh, someone put on here. Golden Globe, Best Actress for no, this year. No, Golden Globe, Best Acres. Yes. Hey, Chris. Yes. Uh, literally yesterday or two days ago. Uh, also starring Peter Dinklage, Liza Gonzalez, and Diane Weist, which I I knew I recognized her. Yep. Yeah. I was I was gonna point that out. I was like, oh, she's the best mom ever. Yeah. I mean, she was in so many other things, but 
from the Lost Boys. Yeah. Yep. That she was the mom in the Lost Boys. I remember. Now I saw this when it first came out because it was one of those big add on top of the screen things. Right in your face as soon as you sign in on Netflix. I'm like, oh, your yeah, name's cool. And yeah, there was the picture of Rosamund Pike in one ad and one with with uh, Peter Dinklage. And then I so I clicked on it and it was like a shady. The basically it did say the shady legal guardian lands in hot water when she tries to bilk a woman who has ties to a powerful gangster. And I was like, no, not going to watch that. That was back mid February. Mm-hmm. And then literally every single person I know was like, this movie's awesome. Yep, that's you have, I... to, you have to watch it. And I was like, nope. And then people that actually I know that work on movies were like, wow, that was an amazing performance. And this was great. And that was great. And I was like, okay, let's watch it. And um, so I know you guys, I, we've been talking about this in our chat room and yes, you guys, I watched it. It actually took me two watchings mm. to get through it because mm. so. Oh no, I did too. I fell asleep the first time. So I didn't fall asleep. I was. I did it in one. You're up. Goddamn here. And I'm not being sarcastic about that. Time. Yeah. So basically what this, this movie is, and we'll we'll get into this in a second, it's a woman that works as a guardian. So it's kind of a person that will take control of someone's life if they are proven or not really even proven. Yeah. If they think that they're going to be a, able to harm themselves, like they're getting too old to walk or uh, have dementia or, or Alzheimer's, something like that. Yeah. Don't, take control of their life. Don't be... Uh... Don't be um, convinced that it's anything other than than that. Don't don't think guardian and think somebody who who you know kind of walks the old lady across the street or like you know and steals her purse. Takes care of it's not like it's just like legal matters and shit like that. Yeah. So they take control, basically put them in a assisted living facility, you and can't then care for yourself. So we're gonna assign somebody to do that for you. And then strips everything from their life. Um, there is a old lady who they first introduce as being kind of vibrant. She worked in the banking industry and she goes and exercises every day. And she has a, she finally retired and has her awesome little house and so on and so forth. She goes after them. It's they yep. of course show she's very uh, lucid. She's uh, yep. very happy with her life. Appears mm-hmm. not to have any family. But her and, doctor has said that she's a little bit forgetful and so offers her up to this charlatan. Yes. And they put her in this house. And oh. they, of course, are in this, uh, like, giant retirement medical facility. Retirement mm-hmm. Now, you guys uh, were so angry at the character that you hated the movie. It, it felt like in the chat. Whoa, whoa, so I'll let you speak. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, yes, Rosamund Pike played absolutely detestable hateable uh criminal uh chronic abuser of the elderly uh to such a a good degree that yeah i fucking hate watched this movie um now that that isn't the only thing that makes me not like this movie uh, there were some other things that just kind of happened, um, without getting too spoilery that really kind of put me off from it and just kept me angry. I stayed angry the whole time. 
And I was angry after I watched it. So if if by definition that that being that it effectively made me that angry makes it a good movie, I disagree with that. I I will say I did not like this movie. I will say that the movie was very well made. The acting was superb. Mm-hmm. The directing was excellent. Mm-hmm. The 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 cinematography, the set design, all of it was very well done. I did not like the topic and the way it was presented. And like I was telling you guys, Greg, you've got a visitor. Like I was telling you guys, the um, this kind of falls into my dislike of any kind of media that glorifies or or raises up or <laughs> the the makes it sexy yeah the the serial killer or the the the, the severe criminal um almost like almost like glorifying you know like that TV show teen mom sure making making them rich and famous for being, you know, making terrible decisions and and encouraging other people, hey, you know, if I do this, I could be rich and famous too. Hey, all right, let's do this. It's like, no, no, you and the problem is is that the the issues that cause this, the the whole guardianship loophole garbage is a problem with the laws. And the laws are not going to be what takes the heat here. What takes the heat here are going to be places like the retirement homes, places like or uh, people like the the professional guardians, the people who do actually do good work. That they're, they're going to be the ones who are vilified because of this. And I, I just, I, I don't like, I don't like the the glorification and the the attention that it brings in necessarily what I think is the wrong places. Um, I would like it more focused on, on the actual loopholes so that those might get the attention that they need to be changed. Like maybe if it were presented in, in now it would be a completely different movie, but if it were presented in a more legal kind of drama if it were presented more as like a courtroom kind of thing versus some kind of weird action movie somehow it's it's listed as a dark comedy i'm like are you effing kidding me there is nothing no i'm like what's yeah i thought that was that was poor listing um i'm not sure how that even happens Mm. like is it is that a marketing decision is that an award ceremony decision yeah, um, is that did they slide it in there so it wasn't up against other things? And they're like, I, I, there was nothing funny about this movie. Well, and and that's that's where it's weird because I mean I know that I know that comedy is funny, but dark comedy is kind of like I don't want to say anti-funny, but it's it's I almost want to say ironic, but I don't know that that's. I think it's like for some reason, but the first dark comedy I really think of is um cable guy i don't know why i think black christmas <laughs> right. i think santa claus is coming down the chimney and being like ho 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 motherfucker and hitting somebody with an axe 
Yeah, but there was nothing Bad about Santa. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing about this movie that fit that fit that category. No. And and spoiler. Go ahead. Spoiler. The fact that the fact that she wins pisses me off. Pisses me off. Granted, granted at the end, she got her comeuppance. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she that she won and bettered her life and got rich and did all of this shit and got away with it for the most part, I was like, are you are you shitting me? This is yeah. this is fucking terrible. I mm-hmm. I I can't even watch the I I was so I was so mad for the whole movie and I mean like I was telling you guys I it it might be that it hit a little bit closer to home because my I we had an issue kind of like this with my grandmother she had a caretaker who moved in took over her finances and basically bled her dry and we could not get her out and, and we could not get her out and we try and you know she was in Tennessee my mom was in Florida there wasn't much that we could do and my mom was talking to lawyers and filing petitions and doing what she could and everybody just said well i'm sorry you know there's nothing we can do there's nothing we can do and it's like are you are you shitting me this is how our system works and and the problem is is that the system didn't get enough attention in this movie because the system is what the problem is it's yeah. not it's not the it's not the facilities, it's not the guardians, it's none of that. It's the way that the system is set up to take advantage of these old people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- now in in her defense when she won the award, I was very happy that Rosamund Pike was like this movie wouldn't be wouldn't have been able to happen if the system didn't suck. Mm-hmm. So she did and I, you know, I I'm approaching from a different angle and I had to stop them. I know exactly the point that I stopped the movie. It was when the main, so the main character gets almost killed. Her girlfriend gets almost killed and they, she returns to the house to find her girlfriend and they're kind of like hugging on the floor. Like, Oh God, you're both alive kind of thing. And I'm like, Um, and I was like, man. So like I, because I was so angry the whole way and I didn't, I was, I was disappointed. Her girlfriend wasn't dead. Yeah, because like I was like, okay, as soon as the first sequence, it was. There's two sequences that I was like, oh crap! My initial thought about this movie were going to be, um, correct. With the first one being the poor guy at the beginning, where it introduces the fact that there's something wrong going on. The guy at the beginning that's like going in there, like you stole my mother, you stole this, whatever. Why can't I see her? And then the security drags him away, and it's like that frustrating thing they do in movies when, like the main character's in a mental institution and he's about to get his comeuppance and the orderlies drag him away kind of situation. But this is a security guard at a, at a nursing home. So I was like, okay, that's frustrating. And then they show them stripping this other woman's life away and selling it and repainting her house and finding all of her stuff and finding other things and so on and so forth. And I was like, this is the literally the worst villain of any movie I've ever watched. Like I've, and maybe it is cause I thankfully, it was a family member, but thankfully we were able to, it didn't quite go that far. Like you mentioned, but I was like, I want this, these two people dead, 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 uh, beyond belief. The, uh, the fact that there's that, you read the description on the Netflix splash page, right? And you see the picture of her tied to a chair 
Peter Dinklage kind of leaning into her, like one, I you see that image and you go, you get to that point in the movie and you go, like yeah, he's gonna pull all of her teeth out, he's gonna cut her ears off and feed them to her, and I'm gonna enjoy the last hour of this movie because that's exactly what she deserves. And that's what I was looking forward to. That was the only thing that kept me going. And then she fucking won. I was like, are you? Not only does she get away, but she goes all John Wick and freaking goes in and kidnaps the Russian gangster in the middle of his giant mob. I'm like, are you shitting me? What? Yeah, she does that whole, she puts, she puts a tooth in the jug of milk and like goes in and has it put back. I'm just like, is she a secret agent as well? Like, is she trained by, like, huh? Like, how many times has this gone this wrong for her? Yeah, she knows exactly. what to like, <laughs> She's like, oh, I've had three complaints. I'm like, did they all take you to a foreign country where you had to fight your way out of a secret underground lab or something? Like, where'd you get that fucking experience? Yeah. I'm, I'm angry talking about it. I was angry at her, her girlfriend, def- definitely the judge which I felt the movie would have been better if they showed that the judge was in on it because there's no possible way that this many people would go through this exact judge's court. And he was, and if, it, and if he was competent, he would be like, he's completely inept. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, wow, this is the 37th time I've seen you in my courthouse. And people are literally crying and saying that you've stolen their parents. Oh, and you That's keep, weird. I've never had this happen with anyone else. Oh, and you keep losing people. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let me give you another one. <laughs> and like, oh, you're such a good guardian. Yeah, part of the grift is a is doctors like basically taking money to ship these people to them. I was glad when the doctor got killed. Doctor got what he yep. deserved. And you know, of course, they're like, "Oh, this doctor was randomly shot," and everyone's like, "Oh, this is you know." And they show like people talking about how good of a doctor she was and stuff. No, uh, I thought that yeah, that aspect of it, the fact that it was able to control people's emotions so much. And I I also did not like the fact that she won. Because she did get a chance to win up until she didn't. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted the didn't to happen earlier and see everything crumble down. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, at the same time, when I mean, a movie... She had a chance to get married and everything. Fuck that bitch. I, I, was, I, was, I was even mad when I found out that the girlfriend wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the girlfriend to be dead because, because honestly, and I'm not, I'm not just wishing evil shit on an innocent person here. She was in on it too. The girlfriend was in on it too. She was doing the research. She was helping her grift all these families. She was basically a, a private investigator. Yeah. Her. Fuck that bitch. She can die too. <laughs> Rage and anger. I was mad. So mad. Evil, evil, uh, guardian folks. And the thing is that that I did see um, the person that wrote this movie or created this movie didn't do it to, you know, unveil these events. It was it. He started writing a movie saying what it would be like if someone else controlled your life. And as he was doing it, he's like, okay, helplessness. And then he kind of ended up learning about this as a result and kind of changed the direction of his movie. Um. And it basically said he started hearing stories about these predatory legal guardians who were exploiting this legal loopholes and exploiting the vulnerability in the system. Uh, you know, one of the stories was a woman named April Parks. We'll just put her name out there because she's evil. And she did this uh, 
2017, uh, including uh, to six people and pled guilty to six felonies. So she's in jail. Uh, Good. And, you know, there's more true life stories of this than you want to believe. In fact, while watching it, I paused it after the introduction oh, and I started typing. Slow death from anal leakage. With, could that actually happen? That'd be a very slow death, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I started looking it up. And if you typed, I care a lot, can, or do, I think does, yep. it says, does it happen? And like, you could tell that you weren't the only person that looked at this. It was at the top of the list. Yeah, yep. You saw it too? I saw it. If you type in, does I care, it comes up. Yep. Is it based on a true story? Mm-hmm. So... But what I hope comes out of this, you know, we, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. and well, I, you guys hated a lot more about the movie than I did. I was intrigued by the movie. I did. I had to, like I said, I had to stop it because I was so angry that they survived that, uh, that I'm like, okay, I want this last 30 minutes to be like, personally, I wanted the last 30 minutes to be like a quick, like revenge fantasy that I was able to pop on the next day, but didn't nope. happen. didn't quite happen that way. Um, I do hope that now that people rec- can recognize this and something might actually change as a result of it, because it did, it, you know, it is getting Netflix popular. It was number one for two weeks. I think it was number two or number three today when I looked at it. Yeah. Three when I looked. So that's, and that's from mid February. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that maybe there, hopefully some change will come out of this. Yeah. So put but, a fucking title card at the end of it that says what action people should take. Yeah, I can see that. Cool. Did they? I didn't even stay no, through the credits because I was so pissed no, no, off. They should. They, they should. should. Oh, so they weren't that interested in making their point. It wasn't that altruistic. Yeah. Who's who's beeping? That's what I'm You're saying. Beeping. It's not me. That's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, there was again. I'm going to pause myself. I'm going to mute myself. No, it's me. Wow. I've got my door open. I don't usually record with my door open. You're hearing my alarm system. Uh, because I was breaking died. into Rob's house. No, the battery died a couple of years ago when we had that hurricane, and I don't know how to make it stop because I can't get in to reset it. Uh, Hang on. So your so Rob's life is just a hellscape of constant beeping. There we go. Okay. Well, the Tom and Jerry thing made me think of stuff. I think you guys, by the way, out there can figure out um, whether or not you would want to angrily watch this movie or kill someone so you can do it on your own. Uh, The Tom and Jerry movie made me think of a random question. We don't usually do a question in our side A episodes, but I thought it would be a little bit fun to do one. A one-time only double top five from side A and side B. So my question that I came up with was... uh, the best frenemies in TV and movies. So this is, you know, friends that either become enemies, friends that are constant enemies, or some episodes you're not. Um, and never quite actually, well, maybe they do kill each other at some point. But so our top five frenemies. Uh, who wants to go first on that? I can go first on that. And okay. adding to your explanation, it's it's often... Uh, people that kind of have to work together for their own interests who in some way have to be friendly to get something from each other. So yep. 
Uh, my number five is going to be Goku and Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. My number four is going to be Sarah Connor and the T-800. Mm-hmm. My number three is Professor X and Magneto. My number two is going to be Rust and Cole from True Detective Season 1. That's a good one. Thank you. Didn't even think of that one. And my number one is going to be Clarice Starling and Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Because while he was awful, she still had to kind of play into his game and act kind of friendly in some way to to get to where she needed to with that case. So uh, it was a fun list. It was a fun little yeah. You tagged several of mine. I've got some. I've got some extras here. I want to hear it. So, uh, I guess Rob, you get to go next for this time. Okay. I do have a question. Uh. What about Batman and Joker? That is an interesting question because in different iterations, the Joker. I'm going to say loves, but you know what I mean? Loves, loves but Batman. hates Batman. Right. Batman won't ever kill the Joker, but the Joker wants to fight him. The Joker needs to fight him and I recognizes. Mean, te- technically, you're a host of the show, so you can make the call. I I say yes. That's one that I struggled with. Um, I omitted it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I would say so. Cause, and that's why I added that tag on to your explanation because like would I, batman exist would the joker exist if no, batman didn't no, especially would, if you're talking killing joke storyline but yeah mm-hmm. go ahead i i'm i say yes 100%. okay well at number five i'll put tom and jerry i i think they belong mm-hmm. at number four i'm going to do another anime duo and I'm going to do Naruto and Sasuke. Okay. At number three, I'm going to do Captain America and Iron Man. Nice. Okay. Yep. At number two, I'll do Batman and Joker. And at number one, I've got Clarice and Hannibal. Excellent. Well done. Greg, the person who posed the question... I'm well, let's know your top five are okay. I'll do that. I'm going to start off with some television. I'm going to go with Jim Halpert and Dwight Schrute from The Office, nice. constantly okay. playing pranks on each other, but they have some tender moments where they are friends at times. Uh, number four, Rocky and Apollo. They start off ferocious enemies, and then Rocky has to avenge his death. Number three, Tom and Jerry, enough said. Number two, Magneto and Professor X. We talked mm-hmm. about that. And number one, Anakin and Obi-Wan. They start off as almost brothers, and then at the end, you know. You were my brother. And they, they you know, deep fry each other. Well, uh, We also got a email list from Mr. Jubals. Ooh. Jubals, one of our patrons. By the way, you guys out there can become patrons too and help support the show. 
You can help support the show. It is just $5 and you too can send in lists and know what the question is going to be beforehand and know what the movie is going to be beforehand and a lot of other things. Just check out patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Right. I slid that right in there. Do you like that? Yeah. I love it when you slide it right in. I know. I know you would. Uh, Number five, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Ah, see, and I was thinking about that one. Uh, Oh, that's a good one too. His list is really good. Um, he got some of my like later ones that I didn't use. Uh, number four, Angel and Spike from Buffy. We're going to talk about okay. that a little bit as well. About David right. Bananas a little bit later. Yep. Uh, Jim Halpert and Dwight Schrute from The Office. Number three. Number two. I don't know what these things are, but you guys seem to. Goku and Vegeta. Nice. Dragon Ball Good Z. Dude. But number one, the only real life uh, frenemies. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I love. Oh, I, I, when I saw that pop up on the list, I literally laughed out loud. Yeah. I didn't even type in LOL. I was just like, yeah. You said real life. And I thought he was going to say U.S. and China. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Russia in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I've got a list from the. Dr. Lecter to Matt's Clarice Starling. <laughs> That's a stretch. That works. But that works. Uh, we have a voicemail here from Alex. So let's hear what Mr. Alec has to say. Hey, this is Alec uh, with the top five frenemies. Um, since it was in honor of Tom and Jerry, I didn't have to put them on the list, but they'd probably be number one if I was going to choose otherwise. Um, honorable mention, I wanted to uh, include uh, the character Omar from The Wire and Brother Ruzon in uh, season three. They team up to uh, to do something pretty big. I won't spoil it in case people haven't watched it. But <laughs> Thank you. they weren't necessarily full-on enemies, but they certainly had some issues with each other. So I thought that was something I wanted to include. Uh, number five would be Jim and Dwight from The Office. Number four, Itchy and Scratchy from The Simpsons. Number three, Walt and Jesse from Breaking Bad. I think Ooh. that qualify. Number two, uh, Daniel and Johnny from Cobra Kai. Oh, the number oh. would be Grumpy Old Men. I don't know if anybody remembers that movie, but <laughs> that was the first thing that popped to mind for me. All right, that's my top five friends. Thanks, man. Bye. The number one was Grumpy, old, was Grumpy Old Men, but we were too busy losing wow. our minds from the number three and number two. Oh, Good. man. I don't know how I missed. I definitely don't know how I missed uh, the, the Cobra Kai people. Yeah, I, I, I'm very disappointed in myself. Yeah, itchy and scratchy you, too. And we talked about them. That's so. Funny. And itchy, and, itchy and scratchy too. I was just talking about them too. Yeah. Um, Homer and Ned was my Simpsons uh, people, but very nice. Yeah. So t- great job, guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for your awesome lists. Uh, who's who's up next? I think Rob is up next, right? No. Who has who has next picks? Who's doing the contact stuff? <laughs> That's. Jimmy. That is Jimmy. me. Guys, if you uh, want to get in touch with us, you can like, subscribe, and review. Uh, mostly reviewing really kind of helps us stand apart from the crowd, rise up in those ranks, and helps find people find us better. You can check us out, as always, on GiveMe5Podcast.com. I see uh, Rob is constantly adding to his book review list. So mm-hmm. things that he uh, might not have time uh, to cover here on the podcast, 
you can check out his must-read list and see what he is reading right now as well. Uh, some very cool things coming in the future there. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. The Turning up the heat on those at Give Me Five Pod. Email us directly at Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. And you can check out our store, our official merchandise store, give me five podcast.threadless.com for all your give me five merchandise needs. And gentlemen, because I am up next, you know what we're going to watch next week? Oh, you're, you're saying it early? I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it early because I've made my mind up this evening, as a matter of fact. We're going to watch well, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, son, of a, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you did. Oh, I was, man. I had. I was hoping. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be uh, uh, Coming to America since the second one comes up this weekend. That's not a bad movie, though. Yeah, true. I mean, we've talked about good movies and occasionally we yeah. do, but y'all yeah. brought up Dungeons and Dragons. You brought up Dungeons and Dragons, man. I so. Watch that be a movie that's like eighty dollars. Well, anyway, uh, if you want well, more, see, I of haven't me... even yeah, I haven't even looked yet uh, tentatively. If I can find it, though, I will let everyone know. Excellent. So, if you guys want more of me, no one wants more of me. But if you want more of me, I did get an opportunity to be on the Dorkening podcast. It is a yes. live stream podcast, uh, and it was uh, you will if you watch the live stream on YouTube on the Dorkening Network with Steve Van Sampson talking about his book, talking about some other things. You will see as uh, I uncomfortably realize that I have to pee throughout the episode and don't want to step away from the camera. So you will see me start looking panicked as time goes on. Um, hopefully I, I did you guys uh, some, I tried to talk about you guys. You did. Hopefully I did, did well um, on that, but it was a fun time talking to some awesome people, some authors, some fantasy authors, some other podcasters. Um, so please, by all means, check that out. If you are interested in fantasy books. Guys, do not forget that we are going to be watching Crow Wicked Prayer, which is neither wicked nor really all about that many prayers. But we're going to be watching it with C.J. O'Doyle, a wrestler and huge Crow fanatic, has a giant Crow tattoo on his back. He might be mad at us for making him watch this. So you can check this episode out, uh, 174 Side B, on Monday. So guys, get those 20-sided die ready. Bring out your best characters for next week. Until then, we'll... Good morning, good afternoon, and good night ya. Uh, if you guys have been listening, you will know that we have ruined some fantastic mm. songs. Well, our friend uh, Tara has been ruining songs for us. Uh, and it is day three. So here is Tara ruining some more music. All right, let's see if we can figure it out.
Go TK. Oh, welcome to my nightmare. I think you're going to love it. Blow. She's Gollum. Unnecessary sedation. You want to feel it? Because you belong. Welcome to my nightmare. Welcome to my breakdown. I hope I didn't scare you. That's just the way we wow. come down. We sweat and we lift and we scream here. Because life is just a dream here. You know inside you feel right at home here. Wow. You're welcome to my nightmare. Welcome to my nightmare. Did they give me a- welcome to my nightmare? It is. It is. I feel you belong. We sweat and laugh and scream here. Because life is just a dream here. You know inside you feel right at home. She's doing the whole thing, isn't she? Here. <laughs> Welcome to my life. In that really scratchy voice, it's probably killing her throat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's all she could get through. Uh, that is Welcome to My Nightmare. Uh, straight from Mount Doom by Alice yeah. By who? Alice Cooper. Alice uh, Cooper. That was horrifying. That was not... wonderful. I loved <laughs> oh, God. I just want to put some like blast beats behind that. <laughs> Ooh, man. We just got a like a death metal version of that song. I love it. It Thank sounded like it, it was it was very overkill to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much, TK. Daddy's not Batman. Who is he? Is he Superman? No. Oh. No, he's the Joker. Oh. T- tell him he's Alfred the Butler. Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> Alfred the Butler. I'm, I'm Alfred the Butler. <laughs> Sir, can I get you anything? Yes. Greg. Apple juice. Greg, what's going to you, Grant? Wait, does that mean you're Batman? No, I'm Robin. Who's Batman? You. I'm Batman. Actually, Rob is Batman. I'm Batman. Say, uh, can you tell Alfred to get us some apple juice and chocolate? Right on it. Daddy, get some some apple juice and chocolate. Okay. He's on it. Say goodnight. Goodnight. Goodnight, Ethan.